I am Lucifer, the devil in the flesh. <laughs> My old gray. And welcome back to the Thunder Rooster Podcast. My name is Ron. And I'm Paul. And we are excited to be back here with you today. And we're kind of going over a movie slash paranormal mm-hmm. uh, episode this week. We we're actually talking about uh, the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose and also the true story it's based upon, which is actually The Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Is it Mikel or Michelle? Michelle. Michelle, okay. <laughs> Not completely accurate on you that. Know, so. uh, you know where that came from, Michelle. 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 Yeah. So uh, what we're kind of <coughs> going to go for, we'll tell you a little bit about the movie and then I'll let Paul tell you a little bit about... Uh, the uh, actual true person. story, right? <laughs> <laughs> the true and nothing but the truth. So, I hope you got so this movie is actually, uh, I wouldn't consider it a horror flick, um, per se. It's really more of a uh, kind of a dark crime drama. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly like a courtroom based thing, and they kind of give you a glimpse back and forth of what it was. But, uh, the movie starring uh, Jennifer Carpenter as Emily Rose. We also have Laura Linney as Aaron Bruner, which is the uh, was the defendant of the uh, the priest. Yes, mm-hmm. Father Richard, uh, which is played by Tom Wilkinson, mm-hmm. and also the opposing side, which is uh, for the people, is uh, Campbell Scott as Ethan Thomas. Mm-hmm. So The Exorcism of Emily Rose is a supernatural horror crime drama film directed by Scott Derrickson and starring who I just mentioned. (laughs) Um, Production companies Lakeshore Entertainment and the budget they had to work with was about $19 million. Uh, I saw that movie when I was younger, Mm -hmm. uh, probably right, right around when it came out. So I was probably about 19, 20, maybe when I saw it. Um. I got a nice little story I'll share with you later about it, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's hear about the the true story that this is based on because you know you see that at the beginning of some of these horror films and you know of course when they say it's based on something, I mean it could just share just a basic thing, right? Could and be just everything an event else, or two, not yeah. not the entire story. Yeah. Everything can be completely fiction mm-hmm. except for like one little detail, and they can say it's based upon a true on story. True story, yeah. So, uh, this one is kind of one of those things where they did change some names and a lot of stuff that happened within this character um, actually did happen, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get into more with that. Uh, Paul, why don't you fill us in about Annalise sure. Michelle? So, Annalise Michelle is the, the main character that this movie is based around. We've talked uh, in an earlier podcast, we discussed about the exorcism, uh, the exorcist, I'm sorry, and... Again, this is one of these things that come back to that it's, are we dealing with something that's a demonic possession or is this mental illness? And mm-hmm. this will come up a lot in a lot of different case studies, obviously. But for the time being, um, yeah, this is about Annalise uh, Michelle. Um, she was born 
1952 small town in Klingenberg, Germany, mm-hmm. and she was raised as a very strict Catholic. Right. So she did have a lot of religious views in place. So that kind of does follow up a little bit with the movie. Yeah. Um, so the way her events kind of get factored in as far as the, the case testimonies and whatnot. So her first episode she had when she was 16 years old. So right. September 68 um, was the first time where she was basically losing her consciousness. Right. When she having seizures and stuff yeah, like that. Correct. Yep. And one of the things that she was kind of feeling during her first encounter was, well, something's starting to strap her down. Mm-hmm. And hold her down. Yeah. On a bed and see. We're familiar with some of these things. Yeah, excuse me. But yeah, she uh that was her first uh situation with that. Her next episode was like somewhere in August of sixty nine. And her mom came more concerned. Obviously, this is now the second event. You know, they don't know what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, the sixties at this point where you know, you don't know what's wrong with your your child. Right, you know what I mean. And didn't they uh, take her to the doc- the hospital? Mm-hmm. And I think she was diagnosed with uh, LPE, which is like a or TLP, TLE. Why am I getting? I've been hearing PPE so much. <laughs> I'm getting this mixed up. But it's TLE. It's a temporal lobe. OPP. Epi- <laughs> you down with me? You know me. You know me. No. Uh, uh, temporal lobe epilepsy mm-hmm. and psychosis. Right. I guess the. The psychosis caused by the TLP, TLE. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So then she obviously gets consulted with the doctor. So, uh, they have a family doctor. His name's Doctor Voigt. So he analyzes the situation with Annalise. Then, obviously, with uh, with his insight to what was going on with her, he wanted to recommend another specialist. So he got a neurologist. His name was Doctor Luthi. And between Doctor Luthi and Doctor Voigt, um, they obviously went ahead and did some brain scans and everything came out normal. Right. Nothing seemed to be out of place. Uh, they were just basically under the conclusion that this girl was just suffering, you know, seizures. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where they were, um, you know, at that point, then it's like, then you see she has two more encounters. So her, her breakdown for what happened was the first episode in 68, second one in 69 brain scan. Then the third one comes and the third one is back is, is 1970 or so. And, during this encounter, they wanted to give her, you know, anti, uh, antiviral medication, you know, help from, you know, vomit and things of that nature. Um, but her brain scan still came to be normal. So they were still concerned, obviously, because these episodes weren't stopping. But then her fourth episode was in 72. And that's where things were a little bit tricky because that brain scan came up irregular. So they're like, now what? Mm. Like, what could possibly be, you know, what could be the culprit for this? Then she was prescribed um medication and i do forget the name of it because we were actually told in the movie which was oh, was it gambitrol yeah i, th- I think <laughs> I, like I checked that. that real quick but yeah um then it's just after this fourth episode it, it takes another turn for the worst i don't think you can feel like it's getting any worse than that after your fourth time but uh the spring of 73 uh more of the internal conflicts with her arise meaning started knocking her head against the wall in her bedroom. So that was freaking her family out, obviously. Um, and then to the point where she was hearing voices that was telling her that she was, they were damning her to hell. Mm. That's where things kind of get creepy. And then obviously the one thing that was kind of really effed up in my mind that they had mentioned was, is that she, her mom caught her staring at one of the Virgin Mary statues in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. 
and she said that she saw the Virgin Mary's eyes turn black. Yeah. And the Virgin Mary's hands turn into like bear claws. <laughs> um, that would freak me doctor? out. <laughs> doctor? 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 Check, please. Please. Um, so, yeah, jet black eyes and bear hands. That's just... <laughs> right? Um, so, obviously, as this stuff gets worse, then they consult back to her neurologist. And then at that point, basically what she's looking into is she's seeing visions at this point Mm -hmm. um, about the devil being inside her. And uh, she gets the recollection of a smell of burnt feces, Mm -hmm. which I guess what they've been saying is that that's kind of like an introduction that the dead is upon you. It's like um, smelling sulfur or something just like decaying. And wasn't this uh, uh, her friends and people she was in college with, I think, at the time? Um, they corroborated this story, <laughs> which makes you wonder. It's like, you know what her burnt poop smells like? like <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you what burnt poop smells like right now, but I'm assuming it smells something like sulfur. <laughs> right. Right. You know. So then once that's been entailed, then... Then it kind of gets interesting because then with the help of the neurologist, they're able to seek outside help with a priest. Basically, at this point, the findings said, you know what, you might want to look into a religious figure at this point. Mm -hmm. But later, obviously, in the trial, that was denied. The neurologist was like, no, no, I have no idea how this came about. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. So they find a a priest. Uh, In this case, the the priest is Father Alt. In the movie, it's... uh, Father Moore, correct? Yeah, Richard Moore. Richard Moore, yep. So Father Alt plays that plays that uh, priest. So he meets with her in November 73, uh, and she, basically with the priest and the psychiatrist, and they diagnose her with epilepsy. So then they give her medication for that. Obviously, what we saw in the movie as well, that was documented. Yeah, That, by the way, that uh, medicine that they have in the movie is obviously a pseudonym name type thing. Right. It wasn't the actual medication she was given. Just wanted to clear that. No, thank you. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so at that point, yeah, epilepsy. Uh, then it's like, you know, maybe they want to get another opinion from another neurologist, and then they diagnose her with epileptic patterns. So they give her epilepsy medication to see if that was going to obviously, you know, suffice all this crap that she's dealing with over now, you know, of course, four or five years at this point. Yeah. Um. So then it's still not working. We're in about July 75. And then it's, and we saw this within the movie. Um, she starts to eat insects and bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't sleep. Malnourished. Didn't want to eat. Uh, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, uh, she there's, she's, becoming... licking, she's licking her own urine um, from the floor. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Destroying, you know, holy pictures, crucifixes, ro- you know, rosaries. Right. She became very intolerant to Christian. Yes. Like, so everything artifacts. that she was obviously brought up with and learned and loved, it's just, it's all turning against, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they, And then they said, you know, with these characteristics, these things that were happening, she's, you know, she's very weak at this point, but yet she displays like you know, physical strength, like beyond reasonable doubt where mm-hmm. like, you know, there was a testament that 
she got in an argument with her sister and threw her like a rag doll. Like, right. but yet this girl is like under hundred pounds. She's malnourished and she's just literally struggling for life. But yet she was able to pick up her sister and throw her. I mean, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, not no. gonna say it, but I'll enter a little clip here. <laughs> Don't mess with him. All right, back to it. So, so, so then uh, another priest is met named Father uh, Rodowick, mm-hmm. and he is an expert on exorcism. Right. And after all this information, all these things, he's like, nah, this, I think this girl's possessed and we need to, we need to start this. Right. So basically with the permission, um, they meet with the bishop and that priest and they do basically approve the idea of, of doing this exorcism for Annalise. Right. And not step on your toes or anything, but I did have a little letter here that uh, Father Alt actually had. Yeah. Uh, this was whenever they, uh, her mom thought it'd be a good thing to take her to this holy site. Uh, it's called, uh, San Damiano, I think, uh, with a family friend, but, um, she, she became, um, you know, intolerant to Christian artifacts and sacred objects and places like that. But, uh, she, he writes, Annalise told me and Frau Hein confirmed this. As she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation. Then she said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden. And it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ in the chapel house. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noted that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's pretty, that sucks a lot. Oh man, that's no good. <laughs> so yeah, they had trouble getting the approval for the exorcism, didn't they? But they eventually, they eventually did. But it needed to be done. I mean, yeah, they were able to get the favor of a couple bishops that were local, <clears throat> instead of straight from the actual Catholic Church. Right. So then, at this point, then it's like then you know. September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy five is the first uh, is the first exorcism performed mm-hmm. on Annalise, and then what is really kind of frightening, and I think we should put the link for this. Okay, uh, listen at your own risk if you want, but uh, there is obviously tapes that were documented for this exorcism. Yeah, if you're uh, listening to us on the podcast, <clears throat> we uh, have a YouTube channel, so we stream the video as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, it's all in German. So, well, I mean, some of it's in other languages, but for the most part, it's in, it's in German. Uh, so we'll have some kind of transcribed thing you can read along with. So if you mm-hmm. want to check that out, just head on over to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find it through thunderrooster.com. Perfect. All right. So you got about 42 recordings. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, it's crazy because in these movies, it only seems like it's like a week or weekend yeah. full of exorcisms. But right. no, I mean, it's... these things take 
months, if not years. Yeah, it's not just within a couple hours. It's like you got to have you have to have like fifty two rounds with the, the demons. You know, he's like, you're in. Got my holy water. Check. Okay, I got the towel. Check. Got the crucifix. Check. Right. Two hours. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> should be done. Yeah. Yeah. So my bill. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you got about forty two recordings, and I listened to some of it. And it's it's pretty freaky. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't going to. I was like, nah. You know what? Just let let bygones be got. Nope, 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 nope. Not right. listen to it. And uh, you know, with these recordings, and everything, even with the story itself, to tie in with the movie. I mean, a lot of things that happened with her real life, although it's condensed down into a movie, but they share a lot of stuff that actually happened, or you know might have happened <laughs> right who knows but uh yeah when we get back from this little clip you'll have the recordings and uh we'll dive into that a little more stay tuned heard All right, what do you think of those recordings? <laughs> That's what it's a little uh, intense. Yeah, a little, little bit. But yeah, as you as you were able to see that, um, yeah, she calls out. Father asks, you know, who's in you? Who are you? And she says, myself, Judas, Nero, Cain, Hitler, and Lucifer. That's just, that's crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean. Which is funny because in the movie, she says that I am the one who possessed Cain. Right. I'm the one who. Basically, they were saying the ones who possess like Cain, Nero, Hitler, uh, Legion, uh, Belial, and Lucifer, Satan in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So, wasn't too far deviated from what was actually said. But, yeah. So then, the other interesting thing that I read was, so Father Alt was talking basically to Annalise and she started to discuss about a former priest back in the 1500s. His name was uh, Fleischmann mm-hmm. and he was kicked out of the church for bad behavior, but right. she was able to basically give accounts basically for communication that she had with him. Mm-hmm. And father Alt was like, I, I can't comprehend how this, how she could have known things about his life right. that but- she was repeating. And it's like, you know, as he was so far demons, removed yeah. that yeah. there was no way that she really could have had any knowledge of yeah. this person. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, again, <laughs> that's just another thing that you just add on there. Where I, I feel like this is, this isn't mental illness, and this is a, a possession. Yeah. yeah, things that you can't comprehend out of certain realms. I don't, I don't know. Right, she was basically talking an increasingly amount about trying to die for the atonement for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priest of the modern church. <laughs> <laughs> she basically stopped eating. Yep. 
completely. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents stopped consulting doctors and they basically just relied solely on the exorcism and the priest. I guess uh, they did a total of 67 yep. exorcism sessions. And she actually, she died at 23. 23, yeah. It said 19 in the movie. Yeah, in the movie it was 19. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they did like one or two exorcisms a week, lasting up to four hours each time. Yeah. And uh, it was basically performed over 10 months from mm-hmm. in the 75 to 76 range. But yeah, so... Uh, Basically, her autopsy report stated that the cause was malnutrition, dehydration due to being in a semi-starvation state for almost a year while the rites of exorcisms were performed. Jesus. She weighed 68 pounds. That's what I'm looking at. I just blew my mind. Suffering broken knees due to continuous genuflections, is what it's called. I'm not really too familiar with what that is. but <laughs> doesn't sound good. But she was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. Now, something with the uh, with the broken knees part was uh, I'd heard that she would get down on her knees and pray so much the fact that she actually torn ligaments in her knees. And uh, I guess that's what the genuflections ended up being. But mm-hmm. I mean, being that malnutrition i'm sure she's so tiny 68 pounds yeah yeah i mean i I don't i don't remember seeing like her height or anything Mm -mm. like that no but i wouldn't imagine she's very she wasn't really that big i don't think no kind of petite but anyways um the movie definitely um it hit a lot of same points and Mm -hmm. The actual true account, but you know, in the movie, it's more focused on the court battle, right? That ensued after the fact, and in real life, the um, the parents and I think two of the priests involved were actually um, found guilty of what was it? Uh, but they weren't found guilty of homicide. It was neg- I think it was negligent mm-hmm. homicide. I believe they had to serve a term of like six months. Was and they had to months? pay their court costs. Yeah, yeah, six months in court costs, and that was it. But what I mean, was it? But was interesting too. The autopsy report they confirmed that her brain was healthy, mm-hmm. and. No damage could be caused because of seizures, not even on a microscope level. And that was, <laughs> that's messed. I mean, again. <clears throat> well, within the movie, you see a lot of the same stuff. You see, you know, when she first realized something, I mean, in the movie, she wakes up in the, at three o'clock in the night and, or in the morning, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, she gets seized up. And in the movie, it portrays, Actually, both sides of the argument, I guess you could say. At first, it shows you the scene where it looks like there's an invisible entity basically straddling on top of her, grabbing her arms, trying to force her down, raise up her shirt and all this stuff. It seems really rapey. And, uh, you know, she smelled sulfur or burning 
something burning feces <laughs> but the movie in the movie it was just something no, burning so Boop. you know um so that happened the whole seeing evil faces everywhere it shows you like she's looking in the clouds and you'll see like lightning go off and you'll see like an evil face in the clouds or she's in class and she looks over at a student next to her and has this <laughs> really ugly face. I'll show right <laughs> here, but <laughs> it's not pretty. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, you know, the, a lot of that stuff would happen. She started getting to the point where she didn't, react to you know church stuff or you know crosses or anything like that very well when it actually shows her basically being possessed was when she actually runs into the church after seeing having a big episode of seeing all that stuff and you know she's all contorted backwards and her eyes dilate to where it's like almost full black eyes and you know full hollywood effect on this but uh I like the way that the movie would go back with like kind of with the defense side of it mm-hmm. and they would show the scene again. Right. But through the scientific lens where she was having the seizures. Well, you, they, what you were saying, they looked at it from the defense point of view mm-hmm. and they looked at it from the prosecution's point of view. Right. Which I thought was done really well because when they said, well, this is how this event should take place. And then they showed that. Yeah. For prosecution versus defense. That right. was done very well. I guess I should have said prosecution side. <laughs> They're defending the priest. But yeah. Um it's interesting to me. Like I I'm still kinda on the fence about the exorcism stuff, but at the same time I'm kinda leaning more toward that it does happen. Although in this case, I kinda have my doubts. I'll say why. No, please do. Um when she was getting diagnosed with all this, uh, you know, psychosis and the, you know, front temporal lobe epileptic type uh, thing, I'm not a doctor or anything, so <laughs> bear with me. But um, I can't remember the term, but there's like a divination type aspect to it where um, in a neuroscience term that I can't think of at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find it by the time I edit this together. I'll put it right across the screen right here for you. But, you know, your mind in that state will start hallucinating religious things and making it more of a real life aspect to that person with that mental disorder. So they kind of already said that she was going through that before you know, the possession was in full effect, you know, and you saw a lot of that whenever she ended up going into uh, San Dimago or Dimano and having that trip or whatever. Right. So, and in the tapes, she's going through there and, you know, you're hearing her talking to, she's basically speaking a different languages, but she's also growling. You know, and I, I've heard in videos and stuff is like, how can a little girl sound like that? <laughs> I think they can, and here's why. Yeah? 
Yeah. She, she can wail. <laughs> so, you know, but more so on top of that was what she was saying, which was basically things of, along the lines of, you know, each of the six personalities, or in that case, I think there was only five in the actual story, but, you know, they were basically bad entities trying to relay the message of what not to do to be possessed or, you know, live a good or to live a life, you know, saying stuff like, make sure you go to church because, or you'll end up in a place like this or something along that line. And to me, I don't think that an evil spirit or demon would be trying to tell you how not to end up like that. (laughs) You know, I, I, as far as I was aware growing up, you know, they're there to lie, cheat and steal. So, you know, don't forget to destroy. Right. So that, that was one of the parts that kind of lost me a little. I was thinking it was like maybe some kind of delusions of grandeur that she thought that maybe she wanted to go through this and in her mind through that mental state, she basically convinced herself along with the priest and stuff with all the exorcism things that she was doing the right thing. You know, in the movie it says she, after the first failed exorcism, she writes uh, the priest a letter basically saying that she had a dream that somebody was calling out her name, goes outside, basically spirit comes out of the body, the body being possessed, laying on the ground, still hears the name calling. She walks out to the field further and says that she's speaking with the Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary is basically saying, hey, I'm sure she said, hey, but <laughs> hey, you guys, hey. <laughs> but basically she was saying, you know, you can walk away right now. You can choose not to go through this. So I'll take you now and you won't feel any pain. You'll be in eternal sunshine. All right, Mary, let's go. <laughs> right, exactly. But she said that if you stay, it'll be miserable and painful and intense. But through you, the world will know there's evil. That's that's a. So what are you gonna do? If this is you. Where are you going? I mean, I would see the. I could see the benefit of the latter. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mary, let's go. Right. <laughs> Take me home, Mary. It's like take I, me home. I've been through enough. They yeah, have a recording or two already, so I think I'm good. <laughs> But no, it's it's pretty intense. Um, so in this case, you just don't you're not a believer of this one. Um, yeah, I, hardly. I'm gonna have to say I have I have too many doubts to say I I hold any relevance to this story. I just think uh, it was a time where people were still, you know, heavy heavily relied on their faith. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like there's still people out there today that refuse to go to hospitals because you can just pray it away. Right. And a lot of people end up dying because of that. You know, not to get religious or anything, but I will say God gave us the common sense to come up with modern drugs and medicine nowadays. Medical practices and surgeries and whatnot. Right. So, um, I'm going to get hate from somebody on that. I know I will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, everybody has their opinion. That was mine. Downvote him. Right. 
But uh, yeah, I I don't I don't think this one holds water. I do not, and it kind of bugs me the fact that um, you know she's held up as like a not really she's not a saint. I mean that was what they were going for. They was I think she has actually told her mom and the priest that you know that she was basically going to be a saint for what she was doing. That didn't happen. And I mean, her gravestone still, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a shrine now. But I mean, even there was an instance in 2016 where the house that the exorcism, exorcism took place in burned down and <laughs> it was ruled to arson. But the townspeople say the evil spirits did it. But yeah. Uh, what do you, you got anything else? Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say I I the only thing that that makes me that makes me believe these kind of things and just an example is like okay during the routine exorcism whoever it is that's being it's being performed on regardless if she knew other languages or someone did or didn't what what is it that during the process of the exorcism makes the person starts speaking like if that language mm. comes out what what is it is it a trigger that's where it blows my mind it's like even though it may not add up and maybe these are hallucinations or it's some sort of a medical situation but then when i, I i'm sitting here i listen to the tapes there yeah and even though she speaks different languages but then it's like the tone, the texture, what is being said. Yeah, that that is what That's what that's what makes me a believer on it because it's like, you know, they go through the motion. If 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 the person didn't think it was real, they would just be like, ha, 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 you know. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I'm Lucifer. Yeah. And I'm possessing this body, this is mine, go away type ordeal. Well, that makes me think too, because I mean a part of the part of the reason why I you know, kind of straddled the fence on this one a little bit before making my decision was mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, she was speaking in different languages and stuff. And they brought that in up in the movie right. and they right. basically wrote it off as like she was at this uh was a parish or something mm-hmm. she attended. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, they taught all the languages and she took some of the languages. So they wrote it off as like, well, she could have obviously picked it up there a little bit. You know, but at the same time, you don't snap your fingers and have that perfect dialect. No, but why would she just say, I'm going to go take this bitch? Right. But what my thing was like, I was just thinking about that now, actually, with (coughs) me saying the fact that, you know, evil spirits or demons wouldn't tell you the good things of what you should do kind of thing. But at the same time, we're talking about this nowadays and that would completely write off the whole story of this person and the good deed it was supposed to do by that little bit of mm-hmm. information there. So maybe it was just a a long game lie. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to break it down like that? No, it could, <laughs> like, could be. It could be. We could just, just write it off just based on that. I just think, bit. though, because of that, I, I just don't know why I'm, I, I can't go the other route. I have to, I just still believe that it's true. And these situations with these actions, with these dialogues, I just find it, I, I can't comprehend it. I can't think that it's not real. Right. So, all right. We'll we're divided you. there, sir. <laughs> we'll show you a quick little clip and then we'll be right back and I'll tell um, my fun little story I have about this movie and the first time I saw it. <laughs> We'll be right back. Yes. I, 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 
set. Here, therefore, and fear, Satan, enemy of the faith. Give me your name, demon. All right, so I'm just gonna die right into yes, this. Yes, I want to uh, hear this because you have not shared this with me. No, you told me you were gonna it. do until the show. So, um, I watched this movie back in 2005, I believe. Uh, I was living in the place I went to college at, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and I had like an unofficial like frat house because I had two other uh, roommates, uh, guys I worked with and stuff, and. Uh, you know, we all had girlfriends at the time, and my bandmates were always over practicing at the house. And, so wait, uh, it's it's a frat house or a fraternity house? It's an unofficial fraternity. Okay, and I can't kind of I can't pull that on you then, because <laughs> would you call your country a cunt? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. Um, so we all kind of gathered around the TV and watched this movie, and um, it was actually during the daytimes, so. Smart move. Wasn't that bad. <laughs> You're like, I'm not watching but, no exorcism movie at night. So during the big exorcism scene that right. they show in the movie, sure. you know, after it said, I'm Satan, devil in the flesh, we hear a pound on the floor, basically. And it sounded like it was a metal door that there was oh, hell a pound no. on. Hell no. And these were like wooden floors. <laughs> But it sounded like it knocked against metal. We're looking around like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> we look down at the carpet. Yeah. And we see like a rectangle kind of sink into the floor of the carpet. So now there's this rectangle little imprint into the carpet. We knock on that spot and it's metal. It's a metal door type thing <laughs> or a metal sheet. We did later find out that it was a door because they had like one of those weird outdoor, like it wasn't a cellar per se, but you could open the door on the outside of the house, walk down some steps and you were under the house. And we looked around there and there was like a little, uh, I guess it was an escape hatch because we later found out that one of our, people one of the people we knew his father was like a police officer and that house actually used to be like a drug house where people had oh. all kinds of hidden oh. hidden little doors and all kinds of stuff like that so that was pretty interesting but that scared me a little bit you think so all throughout the week i'm trying to figure out what the hell that was couldn't come up with anything because, you know, of course we got scared trying to figure out what that was. So we went outside immediately after that smoke and nobody was around. <laughs> the door that leads down underneath the house was locked with a padlock. <laughs> so I just let it go. Like, I don't know what it was. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Mind you. During this time, me and my coworkers, we work overnight at Walmart at this time. So our days are completely flopped over. So my days off, I'm still staying up all night. Right. Well, I'm by myself at the house. And usually when I'm by myself at the house, I just hang out in my room, watch movies, play guitar, whatever. And 
I get overcame with such uh, an evil feeling in this house. It was around 3.30 in the morning. Oh, it wasn't three? It wasn't three. It was like 3.30 in the morning. Because if you told me three, I was about to go home now. <laughs> but it was so intense that I literally had to get up, go outside, and leave. Like, I hopped in the car. I drove around for like two hours just waiting for the sun to come up. Because I was so freaked out. I have not had that many many things like that happened to me in my life before, but that was just one of those things that I got so freaked out that I could not be in that place anymore. I can't explain what it was. That camera just went off. <laughs> They're here. Uh, well, I guess that's something telling me I need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was the omen. <laughs> Again, we like to say we have a merch store available. <laughs> if you'd like to Good lead. <laughs> help us out, please. We need some uh, camera equipment. Yeah. Nah. Got some sweet hoodies. Doesn't matter if you get the support or not with the cameras because <laughs> we're going to keep doing this. It's too fun. But, uh, yeah. I I mean, I enjoyed watching the movie. I haven't watched it since that time that I told you so about. It was so long ago. And I always saw like bits and pieces. Yeah. So this was actually, yeah. But I, I, I will have to say, like watching it again, it was not scary to me at all. There's certain things that scare certain people. Yeah. You know, I did notice all of you jumped at that whole student <laughs> jump yeah, scare well, thing. Because we kind of find normal <laughs> things scary, Ron. <laughs> not like you. Oh, man. You started laughing in the middle of the exorcism. I did. <laughs> That she gargoyle just, was scary. He's like, look at that gargoyle. Dude, when she just got up, <laughs> smacked the dude in the face, and jumped out the window, that was hilarious. <laughs> just like when we watched The Exorcist, you know, that whole thing, <laughs> lick me. And then she's like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, that's like, you'd be petrified. Right. Well, something interesting, we too, is like, what, what, what year did The Exorcist come out? 70, uh, I'm trying to remember, 74. Four, okay, well, oh, this, the whole thing with the Annalise Michelle yeah. happened within a year after that came out. I think so. So it makes me wonder, did that have anything to do with it? Mm, she, she, did, she did have the whole depression, seizure, and temporal lobe epilepsy uh, when she was 16. 73. 73. But, yeah, uh, 20 years old, she... She started hearing voices and having uh, an intolerance to the religious objects and stuff. So, yeah, within two years. So, so yeah, about that time. So, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've showed a picture of this girl before by the t- by now on this podcast. You know, she's not bad on the eyes. She's pretty pretty good looking young lady. It just—it's really sad that that had to happen. Yeah, you don't want anyone to have to go through this kind of stuff. I oh, mean, not at all. I wouldn't no. wish that on my worst enemies. No. I mean, regardless if you believe it or not, I mean, it's just a horrible, terrible thing, just in general. So, if there's any chance of it ever like being real, I mean, it's just awful, just horrible. But yeah, there's spirits and there's demons, buddy. Yeah. I do believe all around. I mean, you can't believe in one thing without the other. Whether you're good or bad, they exist. 
especially, you know, the spiritual aspect of uh, the Mansfield Reformatory, <laughs> which we need a thousand likes on, or views on that video, and we'll send Paul right back where he can get dragged down to the floor again. <laughs> Keep asking. Let's make it happen. Oh, it's going to be great. I hope that we're able to do that and we can do an entire podcast on location. That would be cool. It'd be awesome it to get little cool. voices or something picked up on the audio that's not ours. Bring a whole bunch of cameras and just right. shoot all night. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode, in another week. episode 13. 13. It just seems like we just started doing this not long ago. <laughs> it's crazy. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed Thanks this. Come back around next week. And we have another movie lined up. Uh, I believe I'll go ahead and tell them we're actually doing old school. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Blue, you're my boy. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but make sure you come back, check us out. Uh, go to thunderroosterpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at thunderroosterpodcast. And give us some support. Show us some love. Comment. If you have any ghost stories or any kind of uh, related experience with uh Please inform anything. us. We would love to talk about it. Yeah, if you comment on the story, video, please. send us an email at info at thunderrooster.com and uh, let us know if you want us to read it on air and we will. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week and yes. uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace. Sorry, I was trying to impress you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs>